all teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Today is a 713 day in our fair city, in our great city. We love 713 day. Um, Blankers and Joe got here as fast as they could. I've lived here my entire life. Love 713 day. Do you know there's a new 713 connection for the Houston Texans? A couple of rookies. Yes, there is. CJ Stroud, uh, number seven. Tank Dell, go Cougs, number 13. How many touched in honor of 713 day? Happy 713 day. In honor of 713 day, happy 713 day. How many touchdowns will the 713 connection have for the Houston Texans in 2023? Four. Okay. I would probably go under there, to be completely honest. Really? I can't put my finger on the Houston Texans wide receiver room. I have I don't think no right idea what it's going to look like. And Tank Dell catching four touchdown passes as a rookie would feel like a major win. It would feel like a really good season for a for a Tank Dell, a rookie that was drafted in the third round. I think as he gets his feet wet, I, I think that you know they'll have him they'll move him around. But instead of just throwing deep balls to him, I think where he can be really elusive is down inside the 20 in the red zone when he can you know, you know, slip out of a uh, slip away from some guys, and then maybe slip out of a tackle, or or you know, shake some coverage, and it doesn't have to be too great. Maybe it's a on playground football and extending a play, but I could see him getting three or four. Yeah, I hope you're right. I hope that he gets to four touchdowns. He's not really like an outside guy, so the the deep routes, like the go routes, like I don't think he's going to be doing a whole lot of that. I think he can break free. He can make. He's elusive. Can make guys miss. Certainly. Um, I think it's easier to be an outside receiver and catch a bunch of touchdowns. I'm not sure how much of a red zone target he's going to be either because he's tiny. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to be a guy that you're really throwing the ball to him a lot inside the 20. I also don't know how many snap counts he's going to like be on the field for. Like, Is he behind John Mechie on the depth chart? I would guess that he is. Nico Collins is going to be an outside receiver on this team. He just has to be because you don't have a whole lot of outside receivers. Uh, you, you traded or you signed, rather, Robert Woods. How many snaps is Robert Woods getting? So I don't know how much Tank Dell is going to play. I hope it's a lot because I love the kid. I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. I don't know if that comes in year one as a rookie. Four touchdowns I would take in a heartbeat. I'm going to try to make it out to some training camps and like try to get my feet on the ground, my eyes on some of these receivers, because it's a mystery to me. I have no idea what that guess? wide receiver room is going to look like. For Tank, I'd I, I go two. Two? Two touchdowns for Tank Dell. No. I, think that's a, I think it's solid, too. I think two touchdowns is solid. Yeah, I think it's uh, three. Go in the middle. There you go. Really take a stance there. The thing is, is that like when you look at, at this team, th- this team the last you know two years, I know it's obviously a very different quarterback because it's not Davis Mills, but last year their leader was was Akins with five. He was their leading touchdown. But I think it's a year. different, totally different ball game now. With you, you know who your quarterback yeah. is going to be for the long term and for this year. But that's all that matters is this year. Do you expect C.J. Stroud in his rookie year to be significantly better than Davis Mills last year? Significantly better because I, I think he will well, be better. But I, significantly better. I think the one thing that they we know about C.J. Stroud that we've heard about is he can put the ball where it needs to be put. Sure, and I think that when you're talking about the fact that it is such a crapshoot of what's going on with the receivers, that's why I think there's a chance for Tank. And I think that, you know, if they truly connect like they connected prior to the draft and during the draft and now since the draft, that, you know, we know that, like, Mahomes loves Travis Kelsey. I understand Travis Kelsey's really good, too. But, you know, you get a connection with your quarterback, and a lot of times quarterbacks are going to look your way. 
And, and so with it being kind of wide open, if he can prove to get open, I think CJ can get him the football better than Davis Mills. I think he can get him the football more than Davis Mills too. Better, I, too. Both. I, I agree with you. I just, it's hard to know how much he's going to play. Because I, I think John Mechie's higher on the pecking order right now than Tang Dell. And they're both slot receivers. We need Do John I, Mechie healthy, too. And, 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 he know, is and healthy, he's though. He's running healthy. around. He's going to be ready for training camp. Okay. Well, I mean, but we've seen injuries pop Tank up. Tank Dell's got to stay healthy, too, though. That's true. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, Coog Blaze says two receiving touchdowns, eight return touchdowns. That's no. very optimistic, Easy. go Cougs. Yeah. I do want to see Tank Dell return punts, though, like Junior Bronco said. They, they should let Tank return punts. I want to see him return punts. I want to see him return kicks, although returning kicks has kind of gone by the wayside. Returning punts is a good way to get a guy hurt, too. Yeah, but it's probably his, like, but again, is he's your fourth receiver? You don't mind yeah, putting your fourth receiver returning punts? Like, I think it's more like if Tank Dell, it's almost you would. I want to talk about him like a running back. How many touches a game am I trying to get Tank Dell? And like, how creative do you want to be? I want to be. I want Slowick to be creative because, like, I I know he's not he's not these guys, but there are things that that the Forty ers did with Debo and Brandon Ayuk mm-hmm. that you can do with Tank Dell. Like some of the jet sweep stuff and him in the backfield and just taking stuff out of the backfield and like and big swing passes. Like you can be creative with him, and they should be because he's honestly going to be one of those. He's really one of the only pieces on your roster where you can do something that's not ordinary. I feel like absolutely. He, he just you just can't let him up be vulnerable for a hit. I don't and I don't think he's going to want to take a hit, nor should he. And the thing about Tank that one of the reasons why I like him the most is that you know obviously it's a very different level of competition. From what he's going, from what he was in, but what he's in now, he does a great job avoiding the hit. He like, does he do just, a great job. Of that. He doesn't, and it's not even like jukes and like always getting out of bounds and going down. Like he just seems to avoid the big contact, and like that's going to be a big thing for him. Like we talked Math. about right when he got drafted, like the history of NFL wide receivers at that size. It's one of the smallest and, ever. Yeah, and most of them are awful. Like, like you, you, you talk about the absolute PhD in avoiding hits. To me, is Tyreek Hill. And he makes no bones about the fact that he's making business decisions, but he finds a way to avoid getting crushed. And I think that's my biggest concern with Tank Dell because I do believe he's elusive. I do believe he could be a weapon. I do believe he's got talent. But, I, I you know, it's much like our quarterback conversations when we were talking about if, if Bryce Young ever, you know, gets out in the open field or on the edge and gets crushed. I worry about Tank getting crushed. Fair, it's fair because he's tiny, but that's also the reason why you got him in the third round. If Tank Dell was six one two twenty, he would have been a sure. top fifteen pick. So like his size is the reason that he slipped. I would push back in the. I agree with you, Joe, that he is very elusive and he has a, a kind of a, a tendency to avoid contact and big hits. It's not a hundred percent of the time. He's taking tons of big hits, but he's super tough as a play caller. Though, like I'm not drawing up plays to keep a slot receiver safe. Like, no, 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 he's no, got to go saying, over the middle. He's yeah. got to take five-yard no. slants. He's got to catch the ball in the middle of the field. Like, if you're Bobby Slowick, you're not drawing up plays to make sure the tank's safe. Yeah, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm saying that he needs to make smart decisions, too. I, I can see him heading for the sidelines, or I can see him not, you know, seeking out contact and, and yak a whole lot. Right. But I also think that that's a smart decision right now. You know, he could bulk up a little bit as his career progresses and he matures and everything like that, but I don't want him doing that. I'm not saying that, you should avoid calling plays for him. Top four receptions this season for the Texans. Receivers only. Oh, see. You know, yeah, you know I, what my answer was going to be. Right, but I'm not confused about tight end. I'm confused about receiver. Like In that's, order? Yeah. Top four pass catchers for the tech receivers. 
for the Texans this season? Because I'm not worried about I know the tight end depth chart. I know the running back depth chart. I don't know the wide receiver depth chart. If I had to guess, Nico Collins is my outside guy. Robert Woods is probably my other outside guy. And I think John Mechie is my slot. And I might move some things around to get Mechie and Tank on the field at the same time. But Tank's my number four receiver right now. And that's like, Xavier Hutchinson. Is he going to push for some time as an outside receiver? I don't know. We'll see. I honestly think it's going to be Mechie, Woods, and then Collins, but I, I and then Tank. But I think Tank can have some meaningful receptions. I think he can do some things when he's on the field. I think Woods is going to be someone that we don't see be very productive. Like really? I have, you think he's he's on the back nine too far? I think he's on the back nine, but I also feel like the Houston Texans are going to want to push their younger players on the field more. Like I see Robert Woods like being on the field quite a bit, like the first four to six weeks of the season, and then whenever like these Mechies and the Tangdells and maybe even Hutchinson, they're going to start pushing him for time, and the Texans will be like, well, let's let's see what our young guys are all about. So I'll go. I'll go Mechie one. I, look, I think if, if Mechie's on the football field, I think he is their most talented receiver. Being a slot guy makes him you know more prone to be a target for C.J. Stroud. I'll go Mechie, number one, receiver receptions. Number two, I'll go Nico. Number three, Tank. Number four, Robert Woods. Total 2023. And I went Mechie, Woods, Collins, Tank. I would side with Jeremy just because I think Robert is – I think he's more of a blocker. And honestly, the only thing I you would think consider... he came here. They had to have a conversation. I think he came, came here, here for to money. I think he. I think he came here to catch balls. But yeah. I, just, I don't see it, man. Like I, I think know. they had to have at least a conversation of like, hey, I'm trying to do. I mean, I need to at least know I'm going to be a part of your system that's going to get opportunities to catch football. So I, I'm trying to save my career. It's here. not that I don't think they're not going to try. It's that I think he can't. Like, I just don't think he's that guy. But don't you think Slowick is smart enough to use him in the right positions if he can't go deep anymore? But washed is washed. Yeah, but his, his Slowick's, like, whenever he calls a play, he's not going to be like, let me do what I can to get no, Robert I'm, Woods the football. He's going no, no, to try to do like to that. get I'm yards. If you know he can't be your outside guy going deep, he'll, he'll put him in a position where he's going to run different routes more across the field and inside outs so that he can get free and still make plays and get opportunities. Those, yeah, routes, do you want, those routes, do you want Woods or do you want Mechie or Tank Dell? It depends on the route, because I again I don't well, the ones wanna, you just described, but I don't want Mechie or Tank Dell taking you know, a lot of hits over the middle. Though I know that that's essentially what they're going to end up playing in their career. I, football, it's football. Well, I'm just telling you my thought process. You ask me, and I'm telling you, I I, I worry about those guys in a lot in a, going over the middle too much. I know that's what they're going to do a lot. But I Robert Woods is a proven veteran receiver. I think that there's going to be a place for him in this offense. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What do you think the uh, the reception leaderboard looks like for the Texans in two thousand twenty three? It's a mystery to me. Like we we argue it and we we passionate about our takes. I have no idea what the Houston Texans depth chart is going to look like at wide receiver and who's going to be productive. It's a mystery. I could see the I could see first place be first place. I could be fourth place. Uh, be first place, like the way we just described it. I can see Robert Woods leading this team in catches. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Let's play a game. You always love my games, Blinkers. Better ERA for a pitcher on the Astros with Yiner catching or Maldi catching? I'll give all of you an Astro pitcher, and you guess 
who has the best ERA when that catcher is catching that certain pitcher. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Something that you need in your life is HRP. If you're a business owner, you want HRP. They make your life easier. Your life easier means you can do things that you, you like, whether it's hobbies, whether it's away from work, or maybe it's just spending time and energy back into your business doing things of your business that you like and all this other stuff and junk you don't. Mike Holly, U of H, class of 19. Go Cougs, has been protecting the interest of business for nearly 25 years. HRP provides comprehensive human capital management services, including HR compliance, benefits administration, and payroll. HRP will also work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRP. You need a little help, a lot of help, or anything in between. HRP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Their customer service, second to none. Not a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone that is familiar with you. They're familiar with your company. I can speak to that customer service. Anytime I have a question, I always get a quick response that's easy to understand. Let HRP take on the demands of human resources and eliminate your HR burdens so you can get back to growing your business or playing more golf. Give them a call at 281-880-6525 and let HRP customize a plan for you. 281-880-6525 or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Someone asking on the uh, the Twitter, Eric is, we're big on the Twitter, Blankers and I. Uh, let's throw Schultz into the conversation. He says, where does Schultz come in on the receptions list? We were, we were talking specifically receivers, trying to define what the receivers are going to look like uh, for this team. I had Mechie as my top pass catcher as a receiver. Who did you did you have? I did as well. You had Mechie. Does Schultz have more catches or less catches than Mechie? Or I, let's just say top receiver that leads you in receptions. I, I think that he has a chance to lead this team in receptions. I think so too. I think, I think he does that, too. Yeah, and I think that that's why I, I clarified with you when you asked the question. I'm like, are we talking pass catchers or just receivers? And so. If we do broaden that a little bit, I think there's a good chance that he leads this team in receptions. I think Mechie is the guy that is going to get the ball with frequency if he's healthy. So I'll say that I, I, I'll take, I, I'm going to take uh, him over Mechie. I'll have Schultz if he's healthy to finish second behind Mechie. I think I he still can think beat Mechie. Mechie. I think he can too. I think it's in play. I think it's like a, I think it's a coin flip. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll give the lean to Mechie over Schultz who a couple of days ago celebrating his birthday. Happy, happy birthday to Dalton Schultz. I'm sure the Woolhouse wished him one. I go Mechie for catches. Cody gave him a card. Probably. Yeah. With cake. An e-card. With cake. An e-card. Wait, was it an e-cake? Schultz will lead the team touchdowns, though. I see. I totally believe yep. that. Because he's the best red zone target you got, if yeah. we're not counting Nico Collins, which I'm well, not. if the tank gets four, then yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's play a game. Because this is a divisive conversation when it comes to Astro fans in our fair city. And we love our city. It's 713 day. Um, Yiner, Maldi, Maldi, intangibles, Yiner, no intangibles, apparently. And everybody points to like catcher's ERA and things, right? Everybody's like, well, what is their, what does their catcher ERA look like with certain, uh, certain catchers catching them? So let's play a game. I'm going to give you an Astro pitcher that's used regularly. I'm not going to throw out like uh Sean Dubin, anything like that. A regular for the Astros on the mound. I'm going to give you that pitcher and you're going to tell me if Yiner Diaz or Martin, Malden, uh, Martin Maldonado has a better ERA for that pitcher. We all understand the rules. Do we get it? We're good, Hive? 
Good blankers, good Joe. Everybody's good. Everybody nodding their head. Seems like we're all on the same page. Hunter Brown. Who does he have a better ERA with? Hunter Brown has a better ERA with Yiner. Joe? Oh, yeah. It's not even close. Yiner, when when he's catching Hunter Brown, Brown has a 262 ERA in six games. He has a 498 Ooh. ERA when he's working to Maldonado I, in 11 games. And I think... Like five of them are, it's like the last five starts. I think so. He started a bunch yes, of them in a row. Why? Say, Why? Why did he do because that? Because in case Why? Diaz gets hurt, that's right. Maldonado has to be prepared, that's even right. though that rule does not apply to Fran Bervaldo. That's right. He's got to be ready. Right. And we also know that frequency matters. The frequency recently has been Maldi, 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 and Brown hasn't been good. Also, the frequency over their careers is Yiner's probably caught Hunter more frequently going into the season, and career, they have a yeah. rapport. Career, for sure, I yeah. would imagine. I'd imagine they work together a lot in the minors. All right, next pitcher, Christian Javier. Are his numbers better with Diaz or Maldi? Well, he's kind of – the last couple starts are going to stink this one up too. But I'm going to say I'll, – I'll look, I'll take it. I'll, I'll probably take the L here. I'll take Maldi. I'll take Diaz. It's Diaz, and it's not close, but it's kind of unfair. It's got to be weighted by the last couple yeah, starts. Yep. Javier has only pitched one game to Yiner oh. Diaz. He's only uh. pitched one game to Yiner Diaz. 180 ERA in that one game. 15 games with Martin Maldonado, a 471 ERA. So he's pitched to Maldi in all of these bad starts, and he's only pitched to Diaz once. Fromber Valdez. Well, well, I mean, it's all he throws to. Oh, no. I bet you it's So this like, is the opposite. No, I so bet you it's the, uh, Caesar Salad. <laughs> has he... Because I don't think Diaz or Maldonado. Oh, okay. I oh. did not throw a Salazar. Has Romber even thrown to Yiner? I don't. I, I, I think it's Maldi. I think it's well, Maldi. unless you're going to say that because he hasn't thrown to him, he doesn't have an ERA. I'll go Maldi. Y'all yeah. did not fall for my trick. Okay. Romber Valdez has not thrown a pitch yeah. to Yiner Diaz. His only catcher that he's worked with all year is Maldonado and Fromber two fifty one ERA. Very very good. JP France. I think this uh, one's Maldi. I'm going to say it's. I'm going to say it's Yiner. Again, familiar, I'm going to base it just on familiarity. You going familiarity with J.P. France? Yep. How does dude say it? J.P. France. He's got a better ERA with Martin Maldonado by a hair. Ooh. Martin Maldonado at 3.23 ERA with France, six games. DS 3.29, five games. Virtually a wash. That one's very, very, very close. You get the hair, Joe. Very, very, very close. By the hair of his chinny chin chin. I need it on my head, though. Ryan Presley. Friend of the bench. Uh Friend of the station. Loves throwing to Maldi. Is that your answer? Nope. (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to say Yiner. Joe? Yeah, I'm going to go Joel here. Yiner. Ryan Presley has worked six games with Yiner Diaz and has not surrendered a run. A zero ERA with Yiner Diaz, two twenty five ERA with Maldonado in thirty one games isn't bad. Just shows the press is really good. Too. Isn't bad. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Phil Maton. I am going to say I'm going to keep riding the wave because I, I think <laughs> Hell yeah. I feel the trend here. I'm going to say Yiner. Yep. Yiner two thirty five seven games with Maton. Maldi two sixty two thirty two games with Maton. Oh, it's pretty good. Brian Abreu, fan of the Killer Bees. Maldi, one of them. Um, uh, you're, you're saying Maldi, Joe? Yeah, I'm going Maldi on this one. I think I'm going to go with Joe. I'll say I'll say Maldi as well. Maldi, pretty significantly. 
I think he's one of those guys that he has to play psychologist with. Probably. Maldi, 32 appearances, 248 ERA with Abreu, nine appearances with Yiner, 432 ERA. So pretty oh, wow. di- pretty oh, wow. significant splits when it comes to Brian Abreu. That hurts. Rafael Montero. I think, I think this one's really easy. Early on in the season, every time that Mar- um, that Montero gave uh, more than two runs, Diaz was behind the plate. So I think Maldi's this one by a mile. By a mile. I think it's he I, hadn't been I, great all year. I know, but like it was when it was really bad early, it was always Diaz behind the plate. So I'm going Maldi. So I feel like we're playing a who said it. I'm gonna, I know. I, this time I'm going to side with Joe, and I'm going to say Maldi. Maldi by a mile. Montero with Maldi has a 397 ERA in 23 appearances. Rafael Montero with Maldi has been. All right. Decent. He's been it, it really pretty was, good. It was like a stretch of like 15 outings where like every single time Montero gave up two runs or more, it was Diaz behind the plate. If he gave up no runs, it was Caesar Salad good or Maldonado. Good thought process on that one, Joe. Because like, honestly, like, that's where like for me, like with Maldonado, like he should be catching the bullpen. Like it's, I wish there was a way to sub a guy in. It's at different called, points of the game. It's a late game defensive substitute, But be Joe. able to keep Diaz's bat in the game also. DH for Maldonado. <laughs> I mean, you can't switch and make it. Can you, you can't. You, it has to be at the beginning of the game. You, you, you could pinch it for Martin Maldonado, but it has to be when you turn in the lineups. Can you, you can't switch them. The DH cannot move in the order. I wish they could. You could start the game with Diaz behind the plate <laughs> as the catcher, and then halfway through the game, Maldi could go behind the plate, Diaz goes to DH. That'd be a great yeah, rule. That's a great idea there. I'm trashing it. Uh, Montero, oh. <laughs> Montero with Diaz is an 11 57 ERA and 10 appearances. Salazar, 675 with four appearances. He's fine with Maldi. He's awful with the others. Hector Neris. I'm going to say, well, Hector Neris has been good all year. I will say Maldi. Yeah, I'll roll Maldi. Maldi, 077 ERA with Neris in 26 games. With Diner, Neris, 251 in 15 games. Seth Martinez. Uh, Maldi. Diaz. This one's Diaz. 368 in six games. Maldi, 413 in 24 games. Ryan, not Ryan, Ryan Stanek. I'm going to go Maldi. Yeah, me too. This one's Diaz. 386 in 12 games. Maldi, 540 in 16. And the last one in our game, our very fun game, Ronel Blanco. I'm going to say Yiner. Sure. Yiner wins it. 295 in six games. Maldi, 620 in nine games. What have you learned here? What have we learned? 713-780-3776. You don't think we've learned anything? I have one take out of this. I have I, I, one take. I think we have. I think we've learned that Maldi's going to be just fine if he just t- handles the last couple innings of a game as a defensive replacement and that you don't slip up as much as people think if Yiner catches a game instead of Maldi. Yeah. And I think that's that's the moral of the story that Dusty needs to learn. I mean, look, I would love to, like, if they looked at these numbers this way and said, we're going to put – we're going to give – Diaz two at bats, at a minimum. So he's gonna he's gonna play the first six, and then Maldi's gonna come in for the last three. Now you have to add a third catcher to do that. You don't have to, but it's very dangerous if you don't. I think you have to. Like I, I mean, I think, they're playing they're playing both of them in the lineup. Yeah, I know, but like you could you could have a third catcher instead of Blind Madras. He barely plays anyway. So like, you what's could, the difference? But whatever, what happens when you trade for Ryan Noda? Yeah, it complicates. You things. you can do it. It is it is very difficult. What I learned here is kind of similar to what y'all learned. I think that Yiner can study up for a starting pitcher. I think Yiner can study up for a starting pitcher and get a starting pitcher through a game 
But then whenever you have the unknowns of which reliever is going to face which hitters late in the game, that Maldi's better off going off of vibes, where Yiner is a rookie, not better going off of vibes. And also some of that is, you know, you need you need those pitchers to be, it, it's more high pressure often when the bullpen yep. comes in. And look at look the relievers that Diaz has better numbers with, not really high pressure guys. Martinez, Blanco, Stanek is not late inning. So the, the caveat here too, just to throw into the mix is, if you do consider doing this either permanently or more frequently, do you lose Maldi's effort for every start? Well, if he's not going to give me effort, I'm going to cut him. Like, it's that simple. I'm not worried about Dusty's Martin Maldonado's personality. Him, but I think that, look, you know Dusty thinks outside the box and, and doesn't think analytically too much. I think that Dusty's concern is, and they all love, and we've heard Presley talk about how much detail Maldonado goes into game planning and, and pit, you know hitter by hitter. First of all, Diaz has to learn that, and he's got a great guy to learn from. And so you got to make sure that he's a quick study and he gets it. And then you also don't want Maldi to stop doing it and, and like pull the plug on his effort level, which already seems to be yeah. kind of low. Maldi's not good enough to stop caring and stop giving effort, though. Because if he does that, see him, Maldi. Like I'm cutting you. Like, it's, it's. I just don't think he's going to cut him this. Probably, like, yeah, you're probably right. But if I'm running the team and I'm benching Martin Maldonado, and he in turn gives me nothing and he loses all effort, he should be cut. <laughs> you but wouldn't if cut him if you're running if you're running the Astros and you t- and you say that Martin Maldonado you're now my backup catcher Martin Maldonado now loafs it quits on you what are you doing I'm gonna have a talk with him but I guarantee you they're not cutting him because it's just like we talked what about what are you doing right if he's loafing and he's intentionally like not doing what he's supposed to be doing after I talk to him then yeah I've got a tough decision to make I still don't want to cut him because I still think he's my he's my best defensive option late in games with the bullpen. And, and so that that would be something that I would have to consider. And it would be one of those, you know, do you defy the odds of what a coach should do and say, get your bags and get out of here. But you also have to factor in that locker room dynamic, too, and what he means to so many players in that locker room. And if you do that and send him home, how much that could send the entire locker room spiraling a little bit? I guarantee you, you that locker room, if he quits on the team, would not be very happy with him. But yet they wouldn't want him, they wouldn't want him to go. I don't know. If he quits on the team, I think that they might. 713-780-3776. What did you learn with this exercise? Let's see what the Will of Bits has in store for us and what Joe George has in store for us. He's always trying to trap us. Bush League, Joe. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of old Greg. I know what you're thinking. Here comes old Greg. He's a scaly manfish. I'm old Greg. Hey guys, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about Apollo Men's Health. Apollo Men's Health, helping you through these dog days of summer. If your get up and go has got up and went and you just can't take the heat, well, don't get out of the kitchen. Get to Apollo Men's Health. They'll help you get that energy back on a daily basis. They got a variety of ways to do it for both men and women. They're, they're absolutely reaping the benefits of getting involved in and learning how hormone therapy can help. If you just want a little extra boost that's a lot uh, more simplistic, just get a B12 shot every week like I get, and you'll get more energy on a daily basis. The fact is they have a variety of solutions to a variety of the problems that you experience as you get older in your life. Some of the things could be related to workout programs and getting started or recovering quicker. Others could be weight loss where semi-glutide is available, FDA approved, and can have you losing up to six pounds in a week. The bottom line is, if you have questions, they have answers and solutions to get you where you need to go and feeling better on a daily basis. Start the process now. Go to ApolloMH.com. Check out all the services they offer. If there's a couple that interest you, 
make that first appointment. You can do it right there online. And when you do, you're going to find out most major insurance is accepted and there's discounts for military personnel and first responders. Go in and be honest with them. They'll find you the results you need by solving the problems you have, and they'll do it with a smile on their face while they care about you as a patient. Good things being done on a daily basis. Go see my friends at Apollo Men's Health. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time for start, sit, cut. Here's Joel and Jeremy and Joe. <laughs> I can never hear S2, D2. I never hear him well. What did he say? Did you hear him? Start, sit, cut. Start, sit, cut? That's yeah. what S2-D2 said? Yeah, you have bad ears. I don't think he said that. <laughs> I am losing my hearing. That is true. All right, what do we got? I'm with you. Anthony. All right, so I wanted. To, I didn't know how we were going to talk about this today, so I figured this would be a good way to force it in. So we know officially <laughs> oh, geez, Joe. that <laughs> Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, the, that Bedlam is yeah, dead. Bedlam's dead. Bedlam is dead, I dead, dead. I love Bedlam. So start, sit, cut. Bedlam. Mm, you're going rivalries, aren't you? Texas versus Texas A&M. This is good. This is a good Or question. Red River, Oklahoma versus Texas. Mm, wow. It is a Red River. Clay is really red. Well, what are they? Because they changed it because we're soft. To me, this is, is. I think it's called the Red River Showdown. It's shootout. The showdown. I no. used to call it the Shootout. I think they might have changed it. From shootout. The they the shootout. have to. Shootout for got canceled. Correct reason. Yeah. I think they canceled the Shootout. Yeah, it's Showdown now. Because I think stupid. it used to be the Shootout. Yeah, we got PC. Yeah, that's. Stupid. It is. I agree. Damn, soft. Creighton. Tell Creighton to stop. Just knock that crap stop off. Stop being soft, PC. You know the real PC. reason why the rivers are red in Oklahoma, don't you? No. I can't say. I get canceled. <laughs> so you brought it up and then. <laughs> Please don't get canceled. I'll get canceled. Yeah. I can't do it. Um, you, you and Blankers every day. I don't want you. I still don't want you to get canceled. <laughs> you no, know on me. We're still friends. Those. That's a good question. So we're, we're starting not. benching, cutting. Yeah, I'm cutting the Oklahoma Oklahoma State bedlam. I am starting. This is a good I'm one. Starting A and M Texas, and I am benching Oklahoma Texas. Oklahoma Texas. And yeah, there might be a little buy. I love the fact that these two schools are have a chance to play. I think they should play every year. I I just think, obviously, living in the state, it's fun to hear the people that are alums of both schools get real passionate about it too. But I think the programs, as much as we can, you know, look at Sark and say he's underachieved. Obviously, with his recruiting class, it looks like he's got them finally going where they're supposed to be, yeah. where people want them to be. And I think Texas A&M carries a lot of venom with it, too, which I really like. Oklahoma, Texas next. And then, like I said, I can do without, and I don't live in that state, and I never want to. I can do without Oklahoma and Oklahoma I do. What do you have against the Sooner State? I do love Bedlam. Have you ever been there? Yeah, absolutely. You like I my in-law, my, not my in-laws, but my wife's family has a... Uh, Good to visit, or would you like Norman. to live there? I I wouldn't want to live there, there but go. my beautiful wife comes from from Oklahoma. I got a lot of love for the Sooner State, or that she's a bad person, or that's a bad town. I'm just saying. Look, I've visited and, and and been through trips there too. Visiting's okay. I would never want to live there. Give me a little. I, I don't mind the countryside of Oklahoma. I like a little countryside of Oklahoma. Well, um, go ahead. I'm gonna go. I'll go next. I'm start Oklahoma Texas. I love it. I, that game every year. I'm glad we're going to keep it in this move to the SEC. So do we know the SEC? No. We don't know their full schedule. Because this kn- one schedule they came out with is is for a year only. It's temporary. We don't know quite yet, right? Like, we don't know the full-time schedule going forward of what the SEC is going to look like. Yeah. 
Plus, they don't even have Texas. Well, they already announced the 2024 schedule. Yes, but and it was they're temporary. On it. They're on it, and they're still. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bench Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Like if I can get that every couple of years, I'd be okay with it instead of every year. And I'm gonna cut Texas and Texas A&M Why? because there's no guarantee that they're gonna put that game back where it belongs the day after Thanksgiving. You know what? These two schools are so soft. Because they could have been playing these games. Same thing with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. That's why I wanted to talk about this because I'm so pissed that this game's going away for zero reason. You literally have non-conference games on your schedule. Like what's like that's your non-conference game. Like what? Florida State. Well, they want soft out of conference. Florida State and Florida still play. Facts. That's the, like it's always that. Like Clemson, there was in South Carolina. There was no reason to ever stop Texas versus Texas A and M. There's no reason to stop Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Those games can still mean something and should still exist. But I love the fact that when you're talking about the teams, yeah, Oklahoma. But Venable scares me that that program's on the decline. They can fire them then. Okay, and then it's gonna yeah, and try and resurrect it. But I believe that A and M and Texas are going to be top ten caliber schools this year, or top twenty caliber schools this year. I want to see that matchup. If we're going with cachet and like who's been the best, no, I'm not. like it's Oklahoma and Texas. Like right. Oklahoma's had the like if we're looking at those three schools last ten years, Oklahoma's had the best success of those three schools right. in the last ten years. I probably have to cut Bedlam just because it's not a Texas rivalry. Like I have no love lost with Texas and A and M. There's no secret about that. Um, so I'm going to cut Bedlam because it doesn't have the Texas ties. I will start. Look, I think it's a better game. I think Texas Oklahoma is a better game than Texas Texas A and M. A and M kind of been a disappointment. Like they're they're supposed to be the upper echelon of college football. Uh, Jimbo Fisher tried to you know enter Nick Saban's chat room and then had a disastrous season. Could not back up the talk whatsoever. So I think Oklahoma-Texas is a better game than Texas-Texas A&M. Quite frankly, I think it's a better rivalry than Texas-Texas A&M as well. A&M fans are not going to believe that. And also, I love that you get half the stadium in the Cotton Bowl and burn orange, half of the you know stadium in the Cotton Bowl and the Oklahoma, what is it, Crimson? Is it Crimson that they wear? It's I don't scarlet, know. Scarlet, Crimson. It's not Scarlet. Red. I don't. They're Oklahoma red. You get half of Oklahoma red, half of the burn orange in, co- in the Cotton Bowl. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool. Oklahoma, Texas. I'm starting that. I'm benching AMUT, and I am cutting Bedlam. At least we agreed on cutting Bedlam. I, I don't know why. I just I like Bedlam. Bedlam's fun. Like this is hard for me because I love Bedlam. The Bedlam game is awesome, especially especially when it's in Stillwater. It's yes. better in Stillwater than when it's in Norman because why that's the that? only because it's the only time Oklahoma State has a chance. Quite frankly, at least you know. In recent years, if you go by kind of what pre- you said about the no, winning his program. The recent years, Oklahoma State's had a better chance. But, like, historically, Oklahoma, Oklahoma owns Oklahoma State inside for- of Norman. But in Stillwater, Oklahoma State has a chance. You have that tiny stadium where they're right on top of you. Bedlam at Oklahoma State is fantastic. With the athletic center right up against the goalpost in the one end zone. T. Boone Pickens. It is T. Boone Pickens. Athletic uh, complex or whatever. Yeah, so I'm gotta, i am got i got to cut Bedlam, even though I love Bedlam. Who do you think is going to be the Cougs' number one? Like rival, I think Tech. You think Tech? I think so. Yeah, I think Tech. Now, I think Tech. You see where they tech. had them ranked? Yeah, that's low, isn't it? I mean, Big Twelve's a solid I know, league. I know Big Twelve's solid. top to bottom. It's a good league. There's no cupcakes There's in the Big Twelve. On Dana. No cupcakes in the Big Twelve. There's always pressure on college coaches. Well, I know, but especially now, if the competition's ramped up, and because people were trying to put them on a hot seat a year ago. Yeah. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Who you starting? Who you benching? Who you cutting? Bedlam, the Red River rivalry, 
or the A&MUT football game, which has been dead last few years. They need to get those teams in the same pod, by the way. Like, they had the whole pod system. They're not going to do it, but they need to get them in the same pod some way, somehow. All right. You know, today is National French Friday. Ooh, that's a good one. What? Who has the best French fries? We're, we got one segment left. This is one that's going to run who, and run and run. We're trying to tank the opening segment of the Wallace anyways. Who has the best French fries? 713-780-3776. Killer B's ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You know who has the best million contest? The best survivor contest? That's Circa. Circa Million, Circa Survivor are back, baby. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. There's no rake. Who else does that? No rake. The biggest football contest in Vegas back for their fifth year only at Circa Sports. Head to Circa, enter in Vegas, and the beauty of it, you can play from anywhere. Your couch, work, wherever, because you can play anywhere once you enter in Vegas. The Circa Million Football Contest, $6 million in total prizes. They pay out quarterly, 100% payback, no rake. Where else can you get that? At Circa. Top prize, $1 million guarantee you'll pick five teams against the spread weekly the winner takes home one million dollars you don't want to do that do the circus survivor pool we've all been in survivor pools do the circus survivor the biggest price pool yet eight million dollars it's simple pick a winner straight up no spread win big be the lone survivor and you're guaranteed to be eight million dollars richer bigger money than ever before play today for your share of 14 million dollars in guaranteed prizes contest open now you don't want to miss out enter in vegas play from anywhere visit circusports.com for more details Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Who has the best French fries? Today is National French Fries Day. Fittingly on 713 Day. I can celebrate both and do so happily. Happily. I can tell you that in my opinion, it's Bex. Bex Prime, Bex's I think. Fries are Bex Prime to me, and you can order them extra crispy. Bex fry, fries to me are all world. A little bougie, but uh, I don't know fantastic. Why they're, bougie. they're fantastic. They're, it's an expensive burger joint, but they are very, very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bex Prime rib fries are elite. And hot take, hot take. Bex Prime has a better French fry than they do a cheeseburger. I know you're not as big on their burgers. I think their burgers are good. I don't think they're great. I think their fries are great. That's fair. And I think if you're just sticking to, as you would put it, non-bougie, but just the fast food, fast food places, I still think McDonald's fries, just taste, texture, everything, the way they prepare them are still right at the top of the list. I mean, when they're when they're right, they're the best. They're perfect. Yeah. I'm, in fact, I'm going to get some McDonald's fries on the way home. I'm an impressionable young man and to celebrate, to partake in National French Friday. I ain't got to worry about that. My wife get some loves fries. French fries. I don't know if it's just because. Get some fries on the way home. I don't know if it's just because like they gave you so many. You can get some for free today but too. But five by the way. guys, I love their on fries. the app. Oh really? The McDonald's app is giving you free French fries today. By the way, I like Five Guys fries too. Don't do you do original or do you do Cajun? Aren't they Cajun. thinner? I think both are good. No, they're kind of chunky. Are they? I think they're a little I've never chunky. Eaten five Guys. Really? Yeah. Why'd you think they were thin? Because I thought someone had mentioned it in the past that one of those like step ups from fast food burger joints. Freddy's Burgers has uh, the thin ones, the thin ones, which okay. I kind of like. There People don't like those, and they have this. Um, they have fry dip at Freddy's, and they have a jalapeno fry dip, fry dip at Freddy's, which is very good. I think their fries are actually good, which is an unpopular opinion. A lot of people think Freddy's fries are not 
Very good. Uh, Five Guys Fries is good. Someone in the uh, Twitch behannon said smash burger garlic fries smash fries not even the garlic fries smash fries fantastic love smash fries uh i probably wouldn't go better than beck's no no i wouldn't go better than beck's behannon says pluckers fries those is kind of the waffle fry i'm not a big waffle fry guy see i don't there's not a fry i've never there's not a fry that i've met that i do not like right my choice would be if i had the option between going waffle fry or traditional you know one of the traditional cuts i'm going to take one of the traditional cuts same same, I would too, but I do like a good waffle fry. Pluckers has some good waffle fries. Chick Fil A is only waffle See, fries. Right? I think Chick Fil yeah, I think Chick Fil A's waffle fries are better than Pluckers waffle fries. There you go. I really, I really think that. I think that their waffle fries are better than that. Um, Four oh nine, Josh McDonald's has the best standalone fries. Wendy's has the best fries to dip in a frosty. Arby's has the best seasoned curly fries. See, to me, the whole dipping in the Frosty, I just don't like. Oh, I like it. I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't like it. And I wouldn't do it. I'm not trying to tell anybody else not to do it. It's just not my thing. And it just doesn't sound great. Yeah. Uh, I don't do it with every fry. I'll do it for like a few. I'll do it for like three or four. Um, As far as the standalone fry from McDonald's, I have to agree. Now, the seasoned curly debate, it's going to be between Arby's and, and Jack in the Box. I probably lean Arby's. I think Arby's seasoned curly is better had, than Jack I in the Box seasoned curly. Arby's, and I can't even tell you how long. We have the meat, or we got the meat, no. or whatever they say. We got the meats. We got the meats. Yeah. Um, I will say that you guys know my love affair with ketchup. So for me, the fries with the ketchup is just all world, and I'm not changing that. And I, that's why I don't understand people that dip the fries and waste the, the opportunity to have that match made in heaven with Frosties or ranch or other dressings or condiments. I like ranch whenever you're doing like a garlic fry. I think it's a good. Uh, I think it's a good combination there. As far as like, I, I usually don't dip my fries into ketchup unless it's Waterburger and it's the spicy ketchup. I'll do that. Sometimes I'll dip it into my barbecue sauce. If I like a McDonald's, you I get like a little nugget bundle. You dip, you dip it into a little bit I'm of the barbecue you the sauce. Fry. Okay, Nico Nico's. Their different fries are pretty good. It's Nico, been a while Nico's since I've fries had are them. Really good too. Now, if you can ask them. To do a little extra crispy, it's good. It's even better. But Nico Nico's fries are really, really good. Five uh, total. Dallas says best fries: Popeyes with Waterburger spicy ketchup. Here's a hot take: I don't like cross contaminating my fries with different places ketchup. I love Waterburger spicy ketchup. I don't like dipping other fries that aren't Waterburger into Waterburger spicy ketchup. To me, it just tastes different. It hits different. Hmm. Like to me, that's you know. I, everybody says, oh, ketchup's ketchup. And I'll say, no, it's not. It's like taking the Pepsi Coke challenge. I can tell the difference. Agreed. And, and I really like my traditional Heinz ketchup with my French fries. I'm not as big a fan. There's your, here's my hot take is I'm not a fan of the spicy ketchup like a lot of people oh, are. Love but that's because ketchup. I am a ketchup snob and I am going to my Heinz every time. Do you like pica? What? It's a little spicy. Do you like a little spice? Yeah, and certain things. But not, 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 not your everything. Ketchup. Yeah. Four four eight five. Best fries are Freddy's. No competition whatsoever. Especially with the fry sauce. Their fries are good. They're what does their fry fries. sauce consist of? I don't even know. Couldn't I, tell you. I didn't it's know they had fries. Sauce. Deliciousness. Freddy's fry sauce. Yeah, they have okay. a fry sauce, and it asks for Elite. the jalapeno. It's so good. It is so what good. What is the base of it? Is it a ketchup base? It's probably like a ketchup mayo, maybe? I think it's like a ketchup mayo with something in there. Okay. Probably a little. Well, the jalapeno one has some kick. Do they sell that one at HEB? I don't know. I don't think. Because, like, that's my new favorite thing. You can get Chick-fil-A sauce, spicy. Whataburger sauces are available at HEB, are Love they? it. Yeah. yeah. We got some last night. Ooh, yeah. We so mixed, good. I got the, the frozen 
uh, Arby's curly fries. Oh, did they put, sell those? Yeah, put them put them in the air fryer, but also had the Whataburger spicy ketchup. Great combo. So you'll air cross contaminate fries to ketchup. I will. Well, especially if you do like the frozen ones. Yeah. Okay. But I, I I go I go Whataburger spicy ketchup ninety nine percent of the time at home now. It's the only ketchup we have in the house. So good. Me too. It's well, it's, it's not, not the only one because we have kids, but. My kid likes it. Love so I'm, spicy ketchup. See, my wife goes for that low sugar ketchup. I'm like, you get that crap out of here. I think we might have that in our fridge. Yeah, too. she tried to force it on my kids. I'm like, and, the, and thankfully, my kids were like, nope, don't want that. I'm like, that's my girls. No, we're not getting into all that. Cajun fries from Five Guys. Wingstop. Wingstop does have some underrated fries. I think okay. they're really good. They throw a little sugar in it. Do you go? Do you go? If you had your preference, are you going curly waffle, thick cut, crinkle cut, or straight? Yes. I know you're getting all of them, but you yes. had to pick one. That's, there was a lot of those. Like, well, what would be your favorite fry if you could only pick one? Probably just regular, straight, straight fries. I like the crinkle cut. So you like Culver's fries? Yeah, Culver's fries are pretty good. When Culver's so good. fries are done Lisa right, has me mm. go, when I'm out, she has me pick up Zaxby's fries, and I don't think I think they're they're overrated. They're okay. They're all right. Somebody said In and Out fries suck. I don't mind In and Out fries. They're terrible. I don't mind them at all. The, Again, I've never run a fry that, that I, like I've never met a fry I don't like. The skinny, I mean the the skin on natural cut fries. That's why I like Bex. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, you get a little authenticity to it. Yep. What's the wheelhouse going to lead their show with today? Fries. They are, huh? Fries. I think they're going to lead off their show with how they want an offensive line to play like a full potato, not five individual fries. But they're going to say what every offensive lineman what fry they are. Laramie Tunsil, maybe he's a McDonald's fry. Kenyon Green, maybe he's an Arby's curly fry. I don't know. I I just feel like it's going to be an all show thing where because of the seven one three feel they're going to Houstonize the SBs and they're going to try and run down that road. Probably so. All right, does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's Blank on Brandon. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston, from Kima. Come see us. Come hang out with us. The Wheelhouse next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.